The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So this mic won't project either, but we're hoping that this is being recorded for the people who are following from away. So we'll so as strange as it may seem, do speak into the mic as though it were projecting sound all over the room, and hopefully it's going in there and being recorded. Okay. I'll pass it around when, when it's your turn. You have something? One of the things that struck me... And speak up, because it isn't really working. <laughs> One of the things that struck me in, in our group and also in my own experience was how so much of our patterns and ways of speaking seem to have been derived from formative years, from family experiences. If we grew up in a family where everyone was yelling, or if, uh, as in my case, we, I grew up in a family where everybody was a very assertive speaker and everything they said was definitely the way and the truth so it's very hard as an adult now later to take that apart and examine it and think about a a different approach to to your vocalizing the same sentiment Part of our discussion, uh, a question came in my mind that I thought I asked because it had to do with the part of the speech that you had initially, stating that um, you know we are as human being we are built in a way that we want to be in groups and in teams and in tribes and kind of develop support and perhaps as part of our speeches and communications with others we are working towards that. That's basically some sort of an instinct that we all have. And I kind of know the answer, but I want somebody to, or maybe you can elaborate on this. Um, because on one end, we are instinctively going towards you know, making that kind of a connection and gossiping sometimes even to build a team and you know, being together in a tribal mode. And then on the other end, we are just trying to have a practice that let's reflect on ourselves, let's not be judgmental, let's not not talk behind other people, and so on and so forth. So there's like a conflict within us all the time, right? Uh, How do we get over that conflict? And also, is part of our practice, is it something against our real nature that we are trying to go one way and nature is driving us in a different direction? Well, I don't think there is one nature, you know. I mean, we often, there are lots of teachings that say humans are basically good or humans are basically bad or this is nature. Everything is nature. The path is a part of nature, you know. This inclination to not suffer is a part of nature and so is this way of doing it by making little tribes that protect yourself. So it's all nature. So, and nature is constantly changing. And I mean, nature is full of all kinds of opportunities to go any which way. So what we're really learning to do is cultivate the most wisdom that we can about what is the way that is actually in our long-term benefit. Mm 
you know, not just, we, I think the whole path of, I don't know, evolution of more intelligent beings is the ability to see bigger patterns and longer term consequences. And you understand that if you're going to gossip and put those people down to really viciously today, you may be in a team with them tomorrow, you know, two junior highs come together to make a high school, you know, I just don't know why that came to mind, but I guess that's the level at which (laughs) my mind goes here, but, you know, they're on your team tomorrow, or they're going to be doing the same thing back to you, and so having an understanding of that biggest picture informs how you go about, you know, on what basis is your team made. If your team is created solely based on untrue, exaggerated hostility toward other people, your team is not very well founded, (laughs) you know. And so how can you really get to what you're trying to achieve, which is a sense of well-being and, and, you know, ability to move through the world with less suffering? Yeah, in, in that vein, one of the things that I think can be so helpful is... Sometimes we're using our speech to acknowledge difficulty. So if somebody at work is having a really hard time with someone else who is a very challenging person, uh, uh, the first thing I think we need to do is just watch, just observe our speech. Just watch what, you know, how do I talk about uh, at work or at home and about other people or about myself? How do I talk about? And just see how much you can learn. I mean, that's like several years study in itself honestly we can just Mm -hmm. keep studying that again and again and then if we're finding someone difficult and we can say you know I have such a hard time speaking with her because whenever I speak with her I notice she she just charges like a bull out of a china shop back at me and I feel such a physical you know we describe what is my experience and then if somebody's telling you you know their experience and yours is similar you can acknowledge oh I have a similar experience so I wonder what we could do to work with that you know asking the open-ended question at the end or like that the one that Chris said in her talk I wonder what's going on with her that that happens I've done this so many times in my own family I have two wonderful sisters who maybe they're too much alike but man they have had some difficulty over the years and often what I've found, I've, I've gotten from both of them, the long litany of what she just did. Mm-hmm. And then what I've found myself saying is, yeah, you know, I can imagine if, if she had said those things to me that I would be hurt and angry. And I wonder what's going on with her right now. Or I'll say, you know, I know recently she's been in a lot of physical pain and I'm kind of wondering if... so. It's not just noticing, you know, my own me too, um, but being honest about my me too, if that's my experience, and then opening the question like, so what, it, what can we do? You know, how can we help or what's going on? And if there's not a me too going, well, you know, I just have never experienced him that way. It's so interesting that you say that, but he's always been friendly to me or... You know, and not to put the other person off, you know, sort of acknowledging, wow, you know, you had an experience that felt really like you were put down or like it was, it was a criticism. And for whatever reason, I haven't had that experience. But, you know, if I can help you in any way with, with this person, I'd be happy to. So 
just the, it all starts with observation because it's only out of self-observation over time. Seeing it go by, oh boy, that, that was quite a gossip-filled conversation. Oh yeah, there, there it was again. Huh. By the third or fourth time, sometimes with practice, we, we're going, I wonder what I, how I can work this so that it's not so painful. So does, I hope that's of some help. Hi. Um, can you hear me? Okay. Um, so one of the topics that came up in our group and I, I identify with too is um, how, do, how do we have these difficult conversations with people? And as you were talking, Liz, I was realizing that in the past, for sure, um, some of the motivations for some of the gossip that I've engaged in is, is um, that I didn't have and I forgot to mention this earlier, but in the in our group, but I didn't know how to c- talk to a person directly, and so I'm going to talk to somebody else about it, and and um, so that's one part of it. But the other part is just maybe I know I'm not gossiping, perhaps about somebody, but I do, you know, I can think of a situation that I'm having now where I know I need to have a difficult conversation with somebody. Because it's truth, <laughs> you know, but how do you go about it compassionately? And I don't know if you have some guidance on how to, you know, as you were talking about, not just be agreeable with people, but to, but to be truthful in, in ways that somebody might feel hurt, but you still, you know, so I don't know. What do, you, do you understand what I'm asking? Mm-hmm. You kind of led the way in a little to me a little bit when you said, you know, sometimes I'm talking with someone because I'm not ready to talk to that other person. So it brought to mind that you, we can kind of openly ask a, a colleague or a friend, I'm having trouble and I need to kind of rehearse this. And we kind of pick the right person, not someone that it will create more of a stir, but maybe someone removed from the situation or who has more ability to help us with the situation and then try it out. So that's one thing that sort of came from how you said that. Uh, Other thoughts? Well, I just, um, (laughs) one thing that's coming to me is this idea that there is some perfect answer and that we're going to get it right. And if we only had the right teaching, we would be able to resolve all interpersonal (laughs) difficulties. So, I don't know, just holding on to the fact that that is a tall order, you know, and that you can stay in touch with your own intention all the way through talking, ideally, you know, with the other person. And it takes all of these, you know, there are four Brahma-viharas, you know, there's the intention of good intention. There's, if you're encountering suffering, some compassion. If you're encountering the other person being very happy, you're happy for them. And then there's equanimity, which is you cannot fix everything, you know. And so looking at the sort of desperation with which you need that person's behavior to change, you know, or the the wish that you should be able to fix that for sure. I don't know why I started on this track, but it just seems like the more energy we bring into a situation, if uh, there has to be a way to make this work out, the more it kind of adds 
You know, so try a little bit and see what happens. Try a little bit and see what happens. Say just one little thing and see what happens. And just experiment with it over a long period of time and notice your own ability to be okay as long as your intentions... It's between you and your intentions whether it's okay with you. That's all you can offer into the situation. You can't make it resolve itself. I appreciate this rich conversation um, because in reflecting um, as a result of our the foursome and our, our exchange, I was really remembering a time in my life when I was uh, more greatly incented to practice regularly when I would walk. I, there were known difficulties, and so I'd practice before I walked into those known difficulties. And I would, um, my practice would allow me to let go um, at a level um, that was respectful for what I was walking into. And I had an opportunity to use this enough that my skillfulness increased. Um, and since I have a, a life circumstances change over time, and I'm, I'm not as practicing regularly, so I find myself in situations that can be charged, but I haven't done my homework. <laughs> And so my tendency to lapse into um, attachment is, is much greater. Um, and so I, I think that if I were to um, self-correct, it would really be in respecting this time of life that we're in right now and honoring it uh, with more anatta and all of those other good factors you just poured in. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, when I was at work, two people said things that were very helpful to me. Um, one person, there was one person there who would gossip, but he would gossip loud enough about a particular person that if the person was coming down the hallway, they would hear it. <laughs> this was one of his thrills, you know. <laughs> and um, so I talked to someone. I said, "Well, what do you do when he starts doing that? You know, it's kind of scary to me." But we're in a room where we're making copies in a copy machine. I can't walk out, you know. And she said, oh, I just step back a couple of steps. I just separate myself a little so I'm not engaging, you know. I thought that was very helpful. Uh, the other one is sometimes I would get really frustrated or angry with someone who came in and, oh, no, then I did this, and then they said this, and then they reacted this way, you know. And the person said, well, think about what in her life is making her behave that way. Yeah. There must have been stuff earlier in their life that set up a pattern and, you know. Uh, th- that person was the mother of a child who had severe difficulties and is now an adult and is doing okay. But I think it was partly because of that. She has a view of what, what is the starting point of the person? What were their experiences? Mm. So those things helped me a lot. Thank you. Well, it is a break time. Is, is anyone are we done? You'll have more opportunity later to talk with one another about speech and practice wise speech. So, so let's take a ten minute break.
Oh, I meant to suggest if we had that list where you sign up if you want buddies, if maybe this corner of the room, if you're still interested in finding a buddy or you have one and you haven't made eye contact or something, there could be a little um, buddy thing over in this corner. Otherwise, enjoy your break. <laughs>